Welcome to Illumination by Modern Campus. Through this series, we speak to higher education thought leaders about the trends, ideas, and opportunities that are shaping the future of this industry and pick their brains for best practices and advice that leaders can apply to their own institutions. On today's episode, Illumination host and Evolution Editor-in-Chief Amrit Alawalia sits down with Alicia Harvey-Smith, President and CEO of Pittsburgh Technical College. The two discuss why enrollment management is so often overlooked and why she continues to push for innovation in higher ed. Alicia, thank you so much for joining me on the uh, Illumination podcast. I appreciate it. My absolute pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. The, ple- the pleasure is mine. And I'll tell you, you know, you, you recently published uh, On the Brink. Uh, I, I was unbelievably grateful to be uh, asked to, to provide a, a forward for the book. It's, it's a phenomenal piece of, of literature for this space because so often when we talk about uh, literature related to higher education, uh, it's around either specific aspects of, of the academic function or it's about, but you, this, this book really starts to focus in on enrollment management and looks at, you know, that particular segment of, of the higher ed space, which is so unbelievably important. Why did you feel the time was right to publish on the brink? Oh, what a great question. I think before I answer that, though, I want to thank you for all the work that you're doing with the evolution uh, to really uh, help us reimagine the space that we're working so uh, diligently in. So I wanted to definitely make sure I did that. Uh, And so so you're welcome. welcome. (laughs) Uh, Timing is certainly important. And I I think Mm. uh, there's an old adage that says uh, timing is indeed everything. And I, I do believe that in many ways, on the Brink has been a work in progress uh, for many years, uh, but I thought there was no time like the present uh, to get it out to the market, uh, to release it. And, and I'll tell you why, due to its relevance right now, so much has happened as a result of the pandemic and it has forced institutions to really rethink their work. And mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm really hoping that On the Brink becomes a catalyst for um, helping colleges and universities regain their footing, if you will, uh, during uh, this time, particularly as it relates to enrollment declines. Uh, There's a number of uh, data points out there, uh, Emirate, that I I thought were critical to pay attention to before releasing it. And one of the, the ones that I think is most critical is that we know across higher education generally, there have been about 5% declines in enrollment. That's across all sectors of higher ed. Um, community colleges are hard hit. And so we're looking at roughly more than 13% declines across community colleges. So what better time to talk to colleges about rethinking what they do? So again, the timing, uh, I think, could not be better. I think the title, Higher Education on the Brink, uh, Reimagining Strategic Enrollment Management in colleges and universities, I think it describes where we are. It honestly does. It describes where we are, uh, and it also provides strategies to help us kind of move from this space. Uh, I just uh, think the timing is was right, and I think the book hopefully will help us move forward in a very clear uh, manner. Absolutely. I'm curious, you know, it's interesting, and we were talking about the concept of the book, we were talking about the idea behind it and how valuable it is to focus specifically on enrollment management. Why is that as part of, of the post-secondary landscape that, that is so frequently overlooked? I mean, we're talking about a foundational practice 
that supports the success of any higher ed institution, but enrollment management tends to be relegated to one of these sort of periphery functions. Why do we tend to overlook it in this space? You know, I, I've always said that you were brilliant, and here you go again, being brilliant. <laughs> um, it has been one of those spaces that uh, people saw as supplementary. And, and I see it very differently. I believe that strategic enrollment management should be thought about um, just as you would strategic planning. And to carry that thought a little further, I think it has to be uh, integrated into the strategic uh, planning process. Um, it guides, uh, in my opinion, uh, sustainability for the organization. And it is not just bringing students into the organization. I think true strategic enrollment management is also about the cultures that we bring students into. It's about the retention of students once they're there and absolutely about helping more students graduate. So I like to see it as comprehensive in its nature and very nicely integrated as a part of our thinking for um, strategic planning generally. And so there are a number of lessons that, in my opinion, kind of came out of uh, the book that I hope readers will carry away with them. And one is the need for exactly what you referenced to integrate, to, to make sure that our planning, and this is broadly, is very, very uh, comprehensive in nature, integrating strategic enrollment management into that process. So very inclusive process. Uh, I, I also think an another big thing that comes out of the book is the need to, let's say, reimagine the work of higher education. And mm -hmm. we do that by examining everything, Emirate. We have to examine everything that we do and how we do it. Uh, I don't think the, the need for change or innovation has ever been greater. Uh, and what I've tried to do uh, in On the Brink is to remove the, what I thought was unnecessary jargon about strategic enrollment management, which can get very confusing, uh, can feel very weighty. And I wanted to provide a blueprint for understanding and applying strategic enrollment management strategies, again, in a comprehensive manner while integrating it into our thinking around strategic planning in that process. Um, I hope that it offers new thinking in some way, at least for consideration because I've added some things into the planning uh, at SIM planning that isn't typically there. For example, I've added um, information or communication around expanding revenue or alternative revenue generation to offset enrollment declines. If we integrate our thinking about uh, SIM, then we're able to also look for ways that will help us better sustain our organization. So, yes. uh, you know, the content of the book, uh, when you look at some of what we're talking about in the various chapters, it's really laying a foundation uh, for supporting, um, again, comprehensive planning and implementation. Uh, if I might, can I share just a few? Please, uh, please do, yeah. Chapter titles. Um, so we open with the state of higher ed. And a lot of that is about what we were talking about our current state as a result of the pandemic and as we look forward. Uh, the other uh, chapters look at strategic enrollment management, um, what I like to say, with a new lens. We're looking at how we should be more comprehensive in our approach uh, to those strategies. Um, we always say it takes a village. What I'd like to offer to you, Emirate, that it takes a village 
uh, to both understand and own uh, the strategic enrollment management process and the strategic planning process. Um, I speak to adding, again, revenue diversification uh, to balance the enrollment picture, given what we know about the declines. Um, and then I also offer some uh, details around how we lead strategic planning to maximize both engagement and financial sustainability. Yes. Uh, last two chapters focus in change management. We can't talk about strategic planning and we can't talk about strategic enrollment management planning without talking about change and the need yes. for change and how you implement effective change management. Uh, really excited that we were able to include two case studies in the book as well, uh, looking at my work at Lone Star College as well as my work at Pittsburgh Technical College. So I'm very excited about that. And then what I try to do at the conclusion is to provide some key strategies for repositioning our colleges uh, for increased effectiveness. And so we look at, again, things like strategic partnerships and uh, revenue enhancement through alternative generation. Yeah. Well, you know, if I, you know, looking, looking at your career and, and you're very active on LinkedIn, by the way. So to anyone listening, if you do want to connect with Alicia, um, she is, she's a great follow on, on LinkedIn. And, you know, looking through your, your uh, career background, you've been, you've been a senior executive uh, at community colleges uh, across the country for, for years. And before we talk about your career, I want to talk about how to empower enrollment managers, because this is obviously something that, that you've made, made a point of doing. You've, at this point, as the president of a major technical college, you've written a book about it. Um, how can higher education executives work to ensure that their enrollment management teams are resourced and, and supported to drive this kind of change that, that you're talking about, both in this conversation and, of course, uh, in, in the book? Wow, what a great question. And often it's, it's not one that, that comes up. And I think it's probably one of the most important questions um, that we can ask, you know, mm -hmm. about how do we make sure our teams are ready for this type of um, um, change, if you will. You know, I believe that enrollment, like retention, certainly should be the accountability of a wide cross-section of the institution, if you will. You'll hear people saying, and retention is everyone's business. Well, I think enrollment in many ways yeah. is everyone's business. So to ensure that our strategic enrollment management teams are properly resourced to drive change, I think it's going to require first, and this is the toughest part, we require first having the proper team in place. Right. You got to make sure we have the right people. Uh, the people on our teams must have both the will and uh, the ability to drive the results. So we, we have to start there. I, I cannot underestimate the importance of having the right people in the right seats moving in the same direction. Uh, it's really important. So additionally, um, by setting this as a goal, right, the, having the right team and then setting strategic enrollment management, a comprehensive structure in place, uh, I think be, once you set it as a priority, I think we can then realign our resources to support those outcomes. Um, I think there will be opportunities to improve efficiencies in these conversations, to reposition individuals as necessary based on their strengths, and to redefine roles. You know, I often say, um, as we decide to do a particular thing, we're also deciding not to do another thing. So we want to make sure in higher ed that we are making decisions about doing those things that will have the most impact 
yeah. and uh, the outcomes that we're aiming at. So many leaders, I think they struggle uh, with what not to do, right? We try to, in some ways, we attempt to do it all. And ultimately, we simply minimize uh, the results. So I, uh, again, very quickly, I, uh, I suggest that we assess the effectiveness of our current strategies as a big part of that to make sure our teams are in line with that, that we also assess our systems, our processes uh, as an initial step. And this is after we have the right people in place to move this forward. Um, and then we make adjustments as to which of those are not serving us well, which of yeah. those things are not as efficient. And honestly, On the Brink advocates for a comprehensive uh, reevaluation of all institutional strategies. Uh, it is important work to do. Um, and oftentimes we tend to do what I call the Band-Aid approach. Uh, we do something over here, but not realizing how it impacts uh, other parts yeah. of the organization. So if we approach it from its onset as a comprehensive assessment and have our teams evaluating all of those things uh, and providing the right feedback, certainly in terms of what's working, we can make, um, make better decisions. Um, so your comment or your question spoke to resources. Mm -hmm. um, obviously resources are a challenge for many institutions. And so the question becomes, what can we stop doing or realign to make sure that we're getting better outcomes? And so it's really a shifting of resources that I think would be critically helpful for strategic enrollment management teams. Great example might be if you have a traditional call center, I would suggest that you look at the effectiveness of those calls, how much contact is being made What's the conversion rate as a result? And maybe there's software. Maybe there's another way to get at those types of contacts. Right. So let's say moving from a traditional call center, literally dialing in uh, to texting and other types of measures to, to have the same or improved in impact. We actually implemented a similar model and we went from a 3% response rate uh, to a 12% response rate almost instantly. So I think that wow. there are ways to do it to resource our, you know, our teams, but to also educate them and train them on um, strategies that might improve their outcomes. That's really interesting, and you know that it's it's interesting you bring up texting because it's something we've seen uh, as a sort of a transformative tool in, in engaging students. Um, you know, within the modern campus family, there's there's a a, a signal line uh, solution that does exactly that, and it, it is fascinating to see how passionate students are when you're communicating with them on their own terms in a personal way. It's not different than the way that an individual would communicate by phone, but it's more scalable, it's faster. It really is incredible to see that kind of impact. Yeah, exactly, we, we discovered that almost immediately. And, and as you said, it's really talking to students and it's meeting them where they are and talking mm -hmm. to them in a language or in a manner that, that works for them. And I think that's yes. what we need to do, students are, uh, critical to the work that we're doing, obviously. So how do we connect with them and their families in ways they'll hear us? And Absolutely. so I, I agree, texting has been very, very effective for us. Well, let's talk about your career a little bit because I, I don't want to let that opportunity go by. You, you know, you've had a, you've had a fascinating career. We've been uh, we've been in contact. We've been an evolution contributor since I want to say 2016 or 2017 when you were at Lone Star. Um, and your passion for the community college space for for the folks that community and technical colleges serve is so evident. Why are you so committed to this sector of the higher ed ecosystem? You know, I, I have to say that I'm truly uh, committed 
to higher education generally. Um, and, and let's say to this sector specifically, because I have witnessed, uh, Emrad, um, the truly transformational power of education for students in this particular sector and its ability to not only transform their lives, but the lives of their families, the communities, and I always say ultimately the world, right? Um, it, it's just critically important. Uh, I uh, also uh, have the pleasure of, I always say loving what I do and doing what I love. Uh, and so this sector has just been one that I've fallen in love with um, because it's somewhat unique. It's unique because I think it's poised uh, for the greatest impact for students, um, some of whom I would say may not receive similar opportunities in other uh, educational settings, right? So this is a space where you can do good and the impact is almost immediate uh, because of the students that you're serving. So within this particular ecosystem, the higher education ecosystem, um, I do think it's also uh, one of the spaces that's most challenging, um, but I also think it's also one of the spaces that's most rewarding. Um, if I were to give you a one sentence answer, it's because of its transformational power. Uh, that's why I'm committed uh, to education and certainly to community college, uh, two-year college training, uh, education, because it allows students to have an immediate impact both uh, in transforming their lives, but in the communities where they live. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, that socioeconomic development piece is so, so important. I mean, you educate, educating one person has a, has a trickle down effect to the entire community. So, um, you know, as, as we move towards the close of our conversation and, you know, I don't want to take up too much of your time. I'm curious, as, as you look across the post-secondary space, you've had a rich career in this industry. What are some of the trends that you're watching today uh, that you feel are having the greatest impact on where our industry is going? Sure. You know, I, I will say that uh, when writing Higher Education on the Brink, um, I included a number of those trends that I think are critical for us to continue to pay attention to. And as you know, there, there are a number of them. Uh, the ones that are on my radar, like every day I would say, um, is tracking and responding to the shifting student makeup. And what I mean by that demographically, we now have far fewer 18 to 24 year olds uh, going to college, right? So we, we know that the data is pretty clear on that. Um, that students are not necessarily enrolling immediately after high school. Um, and so that's, that becomes a challenge for many institutions. So with fewer students coming from high school um, into the college pipeline, I think we're seeing, uh, and we have to see, this makes perfect sense, we're seeing older students, more non-traditional students, those numbers are really uh, ticking upward. Uh, these students are entering, um, they're also entering with job experience. They're also entering... Um, with um, gaps in their uh, education. And so that speaks to some of the developmental work that still needs to go on. Uh, and I think that's important for us to know, particularly in two-year colleges and actually in all institutions, because these students are going to need a different level of help, help I believe, with support. Uh, it impacts um, also our recruiting strategies. Uh, we just referenced uh, texting. We have to recruit differently and we have to target recruit for the particular populations we're trying to attract, right? It also speaks to um, our program scheduling. If you're scheduling for yes. an adult student who may have a family, who also may be working, 
then that gives us some, some additional planning and resourcing to do. And, and certainly as we look at wraparound services, uh, what will that look like in the future for, uh, for students? I mean, that's very important. Uh, I am also paying close attention uh, to the opportunity for us in higher ed to really uh, embrace diversity, not just in terms of students coming to the institution, but readying our environments for them once they're there. Uh, I referenced it earlier when I said, once students come to our institution, they should be greeted by a culture by which they feel valued and supported. And we have things in place to help, you know, secure their success. So I think that's critical. Uh, I think it was February, 2022, uh, we began looking at this trend uh, as it relates to young adults uh, coming to college, more young adults coming to college, um, but also more traditional age students going directly to the workforce, right? So now mm -hmm. we, we have that to, uh, to respond to. And right now it's particularly relevant because uh, it's easier to get jobs. And I think that there are certainly better wages uh, as a result yes. of uh, what has happened with the pandemic. And, and so that's important. So determining ways for us to communicate and to demonstrate the value of education uh, for all these different student groups over time, I think it's even more critical. Um, so I, and I think we must support obviously our parent students. We have to improve retention. We have to improve uh, completion rates. Uh, and we have to find ways to attract, again, this adult market that we know is there and very interested in, in being a part of the educational experience. And so On the Brink has addressed in many ways some of these trends, as I said, and has focused on how to, again, cultivate a culture that is responsive to change and learning. I had the pleasure many years ago to write, uh, to create as a part of my dissertation research uh, what we what we what I call the seventh learning college principle, and it fits right in with this data. That principle, Emirate, is simply create and nurture an organizational culture that's open and responsive to change and learning. And I believe if colleges and universities pay attention to how we create those environments, and as we focus in on change and learning, both for our students and for our faculty and staff, uh, we'll certainly have more effective outcomes. And the last uh, trend that I'm also looking at, um, and, and I'll, I'll pause here, is the digital evolution. Uh, it is critical that our institutions shore up uh, what we're doing in terms of technology and assuring that students have access uh, to this information. One of the things that we've done at uh, Pittsburgh Technical College is as a part of the tuition cost, we include books. We also include computer access, you know, we provide computers and all sorts of technology and support for students because we didn't want that to be a barrier to their success at the institution. So those are some of the trends in a nutshell. Certainly there are more in the, in the book, obviously, and I could go on for hours, but I know you don't want me to do that. Those are, those are the top things that have been certainly, uh, pay, I've been paying attention to. Well, Alicia, I, I, for anyone who's listening, I mean, if, if you found yourself like me, I mean, nodding along as Alicia's talking about some of the, the changes that need to happen, some of the directions our industry is going, 
Um, higher education on the brink, reimagining strategic enrollment management in colleges and universities, published by Roman and Littlefield uh, in association with the American Association of Community Colleges. Absolutely pick it up. Look for it. It's on Amazon. It's on Barnes and Noble, anywhere you get books. I absolutely recommend you, you check this out because it, it is it's, it's transformational work when it comes to thinking about what what the future higher education institution needs to look like and what our priorities need to be. Alicia, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Thank you so much for your work in developing this, this resource as well. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. It's my absolute pleasure. Keep up the good work. Thank you for inviting me. This episode is brought to you by Modern Campus in partnership with The Evolution. Modern Campus empowers higher ed institutions to thrive when radical change is required to deal with lower student enrollments and revenue, rising costs, crushing student debt, and even school closures. Powered by the industry's only student-first modern learner engagement platform, Modern Campus supports every corner of the modern institution, from continuing and workforce education, to student affairs, to the registrar's office, to marketing and IT. To find out more on how you can transform your institution to meet the needs of the modern learner, visit moderncampus.com. That's moderncampus.com.